Hello, hello, beautiful people, and welcome back to the Let's Talk Faith podcast. I'm your host, Monica Teofilis, and I'm so excited to share this encouragement today. And it, um, by the title you guys see, it's called Use Your Ethos. And I know ethos is a term that is mostly used in a college writing class. And as you all know, I teach college writing one and two. Um, and so I thought about this this morning. I was driving um, to work in the morning. I was driving to work and um, I'm doing like a, my students are working on their second essay. The semester is almost over. It's like a quick uh, summer term um, class, six week course. And so today we had like a little workshop, having them do their research, thinking about what they're going to write and things like that. And I love to help students with research and get like good, credible sources, because it's important in writing to have sources that are credible so that your readers, your audience can look at that and say, OK, I trust this person. This person is using ethos. OK. And so that's when it came to my head. And then also. Um, as I was driving, I was thinking about because um, I had posted my content right before I left the house and um, I posted my content for my coaching business and also for my ministry. And I was thinking to myself in my coaching business, I was like, wow, I'm walking into a new level of confidence um, with my coaching business. So I'm also a business consultant. I help with marketing. I help with um, uh, book marketing, business marketing. I help with creating business plans also with whatever in business. I'm just I'm just on it. Honestly, <laughs> if I list them, listed them all out, we'll be here all day. And so God has been sending people to me. Um, and sometimes, honestly, they're not even from Instagram and things like that. They're just people that I randomly meet. Like it was a random Thursday, I think, when I met one of the clients that um that I'm working with and um, she we were both coming off of work and I was coming off of a different building and she was like oh I'm so happy it's five o'clock and I was like me too and she was like what do you do and I was telling her and she was like oh great you know um my daughter needs help with tutoring as well and so I went and I um, was like okay sure and she was like yeah tell me your price and I was like um okay sure and then the last uh, week that I was tutoring her daughter, she told me she was launching a business. And I was like, oh, wow, I help I manage people's social medias and marketing, things like that. And boom, what do you know? And so I've been working with her since um, on her business. And so I thought about it and I was like, wow, look at look at how God is moving. But look at how my confidence is rising. It's not that I didn't know about um, my business and marketing and things like that. It was that I was afraid to speak because I was like, well, <laughs> who's going to trust me? And, and I had to learn, like, I have to trust myself because God has given me all of the credibility I need. I have published books. I have businesses. Um, I have published, um, eBooks. I have, you know, I have my YouTube channel. I have different things that I'm doing and there is evidence of my works. There is fruit, right? And God says we have to bear good fruit because this is how people will know that, you know, we are his children. The fruit is going to speak for itself. There's good fruit. There's bad fruit. There's fruit that's not, you know, yet um, ready. And so the fruit speaks for itself. And I was like, wow, look at the confidence that God has given me in this season. Because when I first started that business, oh my gosh, I was just like, I know what I'm doing, but then I don't know what I'm doing. And I don't know, I didn't know how to articulate that I was so knowledgeable at such a young age with all of these different things in business and marketing, because I don't know, that's the way that God made it. That's the way that God allowed it. Um, and so today I'm coming to you to tell you, like, as I have grown confident in my coaching business and I'm helping clients and creating their shops and helping with them with their business plans and launching their businesses, I'm here to tell you, use your ethos, use your credibility, right? So ethos and rhetoric, rhetoric is like um, a 
persuasive um, technique that is used in uh, writing. Um, so rhetoric has three uh, different categories. There's ethos, there's pathos, there's logos. Um, and so we're going to talk about ethos today. And so ethos is um, when you, um, how do I say this? I'm looking, I'm trying to think of the proper term, but I think I have the definition here. So ethos is when you use your expertise, your education or your pedigree. So um, to go ahead and like persuade an audience, your readers, your target, target audience, whether in writing or speech, to persuade them and let them know that you're knowledgeable about this area, right? And so it's also like credibility. It builds trust with your readers. It builds trust with your clients, your, your customers. When you use ethos, you are looking to build trust with that person that you are speaking to. And so in college writing, we use it because we're writing persuasive essays. So we're using rhetoric. So rhetoric is a type of persuasion um, that is used to push people towards a certain action, right? A call to action sometimes to do better. Like let's think about racism because that's what my students are writing about right now. Um, racism, violence against minorities, threats of violence against minorities. And so they have to um, find credible sources in order to tell their audience, hey, I'm knowledgeable, I've read this, the source is good, it's a credible source, and here you go, here's all the information, this is why I know that minorities are facing a lot of police brutality and things like that. So ethos is so important in writing, in speeches, our presidents use it, it's in politics, um, it's in ministry, right? We're using ethos in ministry because we want to let them know like, hey, I'm reading the word of God. Here's the Bible verse. You can trust me because I know the Bible verse. But not only that, I am a credible person. My reputation, the way that I you know, treat people, the things that I do, there's fruit behind that. So another a word for credit, um, ethos, when we think about ethos, we can also say fruit, right? Fruitfulness. Um, when we think about it, using it in the terms of the things of God. That was a lot. That was a lot. Keep, keep up with me. Keep up with me. I promise. <laughs> and so I want you to begin to trust yourself. I want you to begin to say, you know what? God has given me the business idea for a reason. He put this in my, you know, in, in my stomach. He, he wants me to go ahead and give birth to this thing. And throughout the process, the, the fail, the failures that you've had, which is not really a failure, because if you learn something from it, it's not really, you know, a failure. Right. So through the hardships, the highs and lows that you've had, whether in business, whether in writing that book, whether in starting that YouTube channel, whether in maybe doing reels or TikToks, whatever it is that God has given you expertise. in, maybe it's me. Maybe you're an English major and you're great with uh, teaching students how to write a paper. You're great with uh, teaching them to look for grammatical errors in their papers, proofreading, editing, whatever it is. God has given you expertise in this area and you have to learn to trust yourself so that you can go ahead and monetize or make, um, yeah, monetize, um, you know, that, that, uh, information that, you know, monetize your channel, monetize, uh, your marketing skills, your books, um, be able to speak to others and get clients and things like that. So I've noticed that some of us, it's like, we have the information in our belly. We know what God is telling us to do, but we're not launching. We're not launching the coaching business. We're not launching the book because we're so afraid. Like, Oh, what if people say that I'm not credible in this? What if they don't, what if they don't receive it because they think that I don't know what I'm talking about? 
about, but you know your story. You know what you've been through. You are a credible source. Your testimony is a credible source. We overcome the, you know, we overcome the dragon. We overcome Satan by the word of our testimonies. You are the credible source. Use your ethos. You have the ethos inside of you. Your testimony is your credibility. Your works is, you know, they are your credibility. Everything that you say, what you do, how you carry yourself, your reputation. If you know that you know that you went through the fire and baby, you didn't get burned, but you went through that thing and that thing kind of left you tired, traumatized, a little broken, a, a little crazy, just a little bit. And you know you you know what you went through and you came out and you're still here. My God, you have that credibility. Use it. Use your ethos. And we're sitting here with so much inside of us, so much to give the world, so much to share. And we're looking at other people using their stories, their ethos, their credibility, their testimony. And we're like, well, God, you know, I don't know. Like we're comparing ourselves to people. I don't know if I should go. I don't know this. I don't know that. But these people have to get over the fear, get over themselves and just do what God has called them to do, right? I posted something this week. I think it was Monday. If you want your name to be great, you're, you're, you have to be willing to go through some stuff. You must go through some stuff if you want your name to be great. Capital G. Abraham, God told him, Abraham, I will make your name great. But remember when he said that Abraham had to leave his family, he had to leave everything that was familiar. The comfort zone was gone. Everything was taken away. And behold, God was making things new. And the new is not what we always want it to be. It doesn't look, smell, you know, taste the same. It's nothing like we thought it would be. And as a result, some of us end up running, right? We don't know the path. We're like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to go to the new because, yeah, the new is elevation, but the new is also testing my flesh. And I don't really like this right now. But Abraham's name actually became great because he stuck with it. He said, God, I know it's unfamiliar, but if you're with me, I'm willing to go. And so somebody commented, I think it was YouTube, because I also share some of my short, uh, my reels as shorts on YouTube. And this person commented, you know, YouTube, everybody's, you know, they have access to see. And it's not just your subscribers. I, don't, I didn't know who the person was. Um, and the person said, you know, I don't want, um, she was like, hey, sis, or he, Hey, says he or she, I don't want um, somebody to take this the wrong way. All of our names are great and things like that. And I was like, yeah, all of our names are great. Like, we're wonderful. God loves us. You know, we are his children. We are his beloved. Like, listen, we are his chosen people. But it says it in the word. Many are called, but few are chosen because God will call all of us. But then some of us don't even adhere to the call. We don't answer the call. So, yes, our names are great. But, you know, it... <laughs> It's not going to, it won't, a great name gives God glory, to be honest. A great name gives God glory. So yes, God, we all have the potential to be great. We all have it within us. But if we're not going to give God glory, we're doing what he says and obeying him, our names are not going to be great out there in the world. Maybe it'll be great in a, in a worldly way, but it won't be great in giving glory to God. Because in order for our names to be great, it has to first give glory to God. A great name gives glory back to God. It's not really about the person. It's not really about us. It's about God being glorified. And Abraham gave God glory, and that's why his name was great. He obeyed God. He left what he wanted so that God could do what God wanted in his life. And so, you know, to that, for the person in my head, I'm like, yeah, all of our names are great. We have potential, sure. But, like, 
truthfully, like a great name gives glory to God. And if we don't give glory to God, then really, you know, is it really that great? Like it has to give glory to God. When someone thinks of you and your name, do you give glory to God? Do they think of this person and have this, your reputation and what you've done? The past is the past, baby, moving forward, right? Looking at the fruits now, you pushing, you being faithful. That should give glory to God. That's the great name. And so, you know, to that comment, I was just like, yeah, but it's different. Let's think about Naomi. Let's think about Ruth. Let's think about Oprah, right? So we have in, cha- in Ruth chapter one, right? Ruth, um, the, her sons have died. The widows are um, with her, right? Their wives, the widows, they're with her. And Ruth is like, you know, guys, my sons are gone. Let's go ahead. Like, let's part ways here. We're in Bethlehem. Let's go ahead and part ways. You guys go your way. I'm going to go my way. Um, and, you know, Ruth is grieving because she lost two sons. I mean, she's coming back to her home with nothing, nothing at all. But yet and still, she's going back to the place, right? Back to the place that God is calling her to, back to Bethlehem. Um, and so Ruth, she tells them, go your separate way. But Naomi is like, no, I'm going to cling to you. And so it says in Ruth 1, <clears throat> I think she says right here, um, verse uh, was it 15. Verse 15, no, 14, I think. Hold on, I'm looking for it. Okay, okay. Okay, so it says in verse 14, At this they wept aloud again. Then Ophrah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye. But Ruth clung to her, right? Something in Ruth has to say, no, this is not the end. I'm going to be faithful still. Like, this is not the end. I'm going to cling to you. There's something that's going to happen. Something in her. Maybe maybe it was God. We don't know the whole story, right? We don't know everything. We don't, it doesn't tell us Ruth's mind, um, Naomi's mindset. But something in her must have said, no, like, God is calling me here. God is calling me to stay with you. Ruth. And so it says she clung to her. But then Ophrah left, right? We don't even know what happens to Ophrah after. There's nothing else in the Bible about Ophrah. It stops there. Ruth goes on to destiny, right? Her names end up, end up still being great because she um, she goes back home. She takes, um, <clears throat> I said Ruth. I kept saying Ruth. My bad, y'all. Naomi. Naomi. <laughs> Naomi is the mother, right? The mother-in-law. Naomi is the mother-in-law. So Ruth follows Naomi, um, to her back to her home and we see that Ruth's name is great she marries Boaz we see that Naomi gets her grandson right all of this is working out so that you know the lineage and everything for um you know for Jesus to be born and all of that stuff so we see that that greatness that greatness happens there they both decided to cling to destiny but then Oprah like Oprah is no longer she's no longer heard of Oprah's story stops right there at verse 14. That's it. It's a wrap. Ruth 1 verse 14. Oprah is gone. Because when we go to 15, look, said Naomi, your sister-in-law is going back to her people and her gods. Go back with her. But Ruth was like, "Mm -mm." verse 16, don't urge me to leave you or turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God, my God. She made up her mind. That was it. Death, only death can separate us. That was it. She clung to destiny. But we see Oprah right here. Her name, no, her name, honestly, she had potential. We all do. But I mean, it stops there. Her story stops there. And I think that sometimes, you know, we want to sugarcoat it. We want it to be a fairy tale, a happy ending, everything. But a great name comes with great sacrifices. 
there is no great name without a great sacrifice. There's a potential for all of all of our names to be great. And mind you, when I'm saying great, I mean honestly, God's God's glory all over it. God's glory over this person's name. And we see that God changed people's name, right? From He changed Peter's name. He changed Saul to Paul. He changed names. I believe he changed Jacob to was it Israel? He changed names because the names, the new names he gave them gave him glory, right? Forget the former, the new. And so sometimes we're so scared of the new, but I'm telling you, it's the sacrifices that are going to give God glory in our lives. It's not the, it's not the, uh, the comfortability. It's not staying stuck. It's not being stagnant just because we're scared. We have to make that decision. Will I stay here where it's comfortable, where it's easy? Everybody knows me as this person and, you know, I won't offend them when I change. Or will I go up? Will I elevate and separate? And will I go and cling towards my destiny? And so use your ethos. Use your ethos. I feel like you guys got two messages. <laughs> like two messages in one. Use your ethos and cling to your destiny, right? Use your ethos. There is so much inside of you and it's time for you to be okay with being different. It is time for you to be okay with, you know, offending people because we're going to offend people when we walk in our purpose and our calling. Not everybody likes to see the light or um, beaming at them. Not everybody wants to see you smiling and happy and joyful all the time. And sometimes it takes time. Sometimes that person will turn around, right? It's different for everybody, but just be you. This is the season to just be you and forevermore. Just be you. Love you. Show up as you. Keep going. Don't go back into hiding just because you fell off. You you experienced some stuff. Yes, through the highs and the lows. Even if you um, experience those things, those uh, frustrating moments, tantrums, all these different things. As long as you get up and you keep going, you are being faithful. There's a difference between faithfulness and perfection, right? We know that. We know that faithfulness is despite the highs and the lows, I'm still going to go up, God. I'm still going to do what you call me to do. And I'm still going to do it. I'm, st- I'm going to do it in excellence. I'm going to do it in love. I'm going to do it anyway. Right. Whereas perfection, we're just striving to show up as something that we're not because we're not perfect. Yes, we're striving to be more like Christ, but he was the only perfect man who walked this earth. Right. So use your ethos. You are a credible source. Use you, <laughs> use your testimony, use your story. You have it in you. Stop silencing your voice, muzzling your testimony, muzzling yourself, right? Because really on this hour, I really feel like it's a, it's a you against you, like us against us. That's it. Just like a you against you, you against you. It's not no one else in this season. We can't blame people and say, oh, this person or that person. And, you know, they made me feel this way. That person made me feel this way. It's time to forgive. And it's really time to just walk into your calling. It's time to just say, you know what? I let it go. I let the past go. I make amends with that. And it's time to go forward. Because when you look at the end of the year, right, there's some goals, some things I want to complete. When you look out, when you look back on December 31st, what are you going to say to yourself? What are you going to say? Was I in my own way or did I do everything that God called me to do? Like, did I push past my feelings? Did I go and step into that unfamiliar zone? Did I just, you know, even though it was scary, I remained a student in this area because it was new and now I'm still growing in that area. It's okay to be scared. It's okay to be a student in an area that you have just walked into, right? You don't always have to be the teacher. You don't always have to be the one to know it all. So go ahead, let those uh, barriers go. 
take it down, stop self-sabotaging, and use you. Use you as a credible source. You are credible. Use you in business. <laughs> use you in ministry. Use you in education, whatever it is. Those are my three favorites. But <laughs> use you in whatever it is that God has called you to. You are a credible source. All right, so I'm just going to stop there. I thought this was going to be short. This is like a little a break in between uh, my study and my work, but the Lord gave it to me, and I thought it was so cool because who doesn't love rhetoric? Who doesn't love ethos? Let me see if I can find the proper proper rhetoric definition i promise you i'm going to find the proper definition for you guys okay rhetoric okay this is from dictionary oxford languages the art of effective or persuasive persuasive speaking or writing especially the use of figures of speech and other compositional techniques right so there we go that is rhetoric and ethos pathos logos are the three parts of rhetoric and then they are um and then there are Persuasive techniques, rhetorical devices such as imagery, uh, what else, personification, those little things there, metaphors. Those are like the techniques that can also be used in rhetoric and persuasive writing. But today, today, we just we just went through rhetoric and ethos. <laughs> I don't give y'all a lesson. That's how you know how much that, that's how you know I love writing. And I'm going to end here because I'm over talking. I hope this message blessed you and encouraged you. Um, to use your ethos, use your credibility, and you got this. Keep going. Bye, guys. See you in my next one, or talk to you guys in my next one.